everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod, and welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. This week we are starting our Thanksgiving Blitz with Rocky. A small-time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. This is 1976. It had a budget of $900,000. It ended up costing the filmmakers $1.1 million, but it made $225 million. In 1976 dollars. the highest grossing movie of 1976. Yowza. Yeah. That's a little bit much. That's a... Quite the return on investment. If it made ten million dollars, it would have been great. And now we know why Sylvester Stallone is a movie star. I hadn't, seen, I haven't seen any of the Rocky films, none. So for some reason, we're gonna do all of them. <laughs> I don't know why I agreed to this. I don't either. Did we make a bad choice here? This isn't great. I wonder if a later viewing of this movie would help, because I almost feel like. I had no idea what to expect. And now that I have an understanding... But you've already seen it. Not this movie, no. I have not seen Rocky, and I have not seen Rocky 2. I've seen part of Rocky 3, and I've seen all of Rocky 4. That is my experience with this franchise. I thought you had already seen this one. No, I have never seen this movie. Damn. All right, well, we suck. I expected more, and maybe that's just because of the way this movie's talked about. I expected I expected something different. different than what it is. That's fair. And I think we can get into it as we go through the movie. Mm-hmm. There's going to be crossover here because our writer is also our star. And that's Sylvester Stallone. So yeah, he's the writer for this. Before this film, he had written one episode of the TV show The Evil Touch. And this was his vehicle for him to become a star. Of course, after this, he went on to write Rocky 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. He wrote First Blood, which is the Rambo film, and then Rambo's part 2 and 3. And then he's also written The Expendables 1, 2, and the forthcoming 3. And he wrote Creed 2, which is coming out, like, this week. So this is his wheelhouse. True. And my... My writing experience of knowing him really comes from having seen First Blood. Okay. Which I am not going to make you watch the whole Rambo series because I haven't even seen all of those. I'm telling you now that's not happening. First Blood needs to happen though because it is- I've seen First Blood. Oh, you have? Okay. I have. First Blood's a fascinating movie and kind of interestingly written, especially for a war movie. But you know what? Rambo 2 is better. Really? I think Rambo 2 is better. I really liked First Blood a lot. Have you never seen 2? No, I haven't. Okay, maybe we need to do a 1 and 2 to compare and contrast, but I am not watching five Rambo movies. Oh, no. God, no. No. Well, Sylvester Stallone wrote this in about three and a half days. Um, <laughs> okay. He He was supposedly inspired by the Muhammad Ali-Chuck Wepner fight, where Wepner was knocked out in the 15th round. Stallone denied this for a long time, but eventually he was he had to uh, settle a lawsuit with Wepner. It is hard to figure out whether the dialogue in this movie is meant to be naturalistic mm-hmm. or it is dumbly written. It teeters and totters on both sides of that. I think it's very well directed. And I think if this wasn't well directed, this would be a complete piece of shit. In part because the way Rocky is written is just the stream of consciousness. 
I was so shocked that he was such a meathead. I did not expect that from Rocky. I did not every, get. I did not get meathead. Well, every indication that I got from seeing other movies is mm-hmm. like Rocky is the fighter with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. But this movie really goes into this level of he's also just a dumbo. No, I think this. He's a guy who has this one skill. That's all he knows. That's all he knows that he's good at is taking a punch and throwing a punch. Well, I think that's the character, Mm -hmm. but I think how it's written makes him comically dumb. It felt like a cartoon to me of how dumb he was at moments. But see, I don't think he's comically dumb. I think the problem is he's talking at Adrian for so much of this film, and then he's just talking to himself, and then he's yelling at Polly. And the only time where he actually sounds intelligent is when he's talking with Gatso. Yeah. Like, that's the only time where it, there's an actual legitimate back and forth. Which, that... the only other thing I can think is he's been punched in the head too many times. No, he's just surrounded by buffoons. And Adrian is so introverted. She just doesn't respond. Every other character feels smartly fleshed out and interesting, except for him. There's something about him that doesn't feel like an actual person. Hmm. At no point do I really feel for Rocky Mm -hmm. because, like I said, the thing I kept feeling was he just feels like a cartoon character in this world full of very real kind of rough going people. I mean, Adrian's not rough, but she's a very specific type of person. She's in this shell and she doesn't want to break out of that. Everybody else around him has these very specific... she's scared too. Yeah, and everybody else has these very defined characters. Mm -hmm. And Rocky, like you say, that stream of consciousness plays so wrongly into who his character is. It's the exact opposite of Jake LaMotta and how brilliantly that's written. And see, I was definitely comparing that to this because Raging Bull was the 80s, right? Raging Bull comes out four years after this in 1980. Okay, I'm definitely comparing to that. I mean, I didn't think Raging Bull was that great. It wasn't your favorite, but LaMotta as a character. Now, granted, he, LaMotta was a real person. I know. He was, he was more fleshed out in that script. What I really want from a Rocky mm-hmm. is imagine Jake LaMotta if Jake LaMotta wasn't an abusive asshole, okay. but was just kind of, yeah, he's a meathead. He should be kind of dumb because that's just his character, but he also ought to feel like a human. Hell, we have... Five more movies of Rocky, and then we're going to focus on Creed, which, like, now I know how that happens. True, but then we also, as part of that, have to pay attention to Apollo, because Apollo's a big part of this franchise. Oh, I know. And that's cool. And also, it's Carl Weathers. Yeah. (laughs) Writing's lovely. But I do like the direction. Our director is John G. Alvidson. Avildsen? Avildsen. Before this, he did Turn On To Love, Joe, Cry Uncle, Okay Bill, Save the Tiger. Just He's he's done a lot, not a lot that I knew of. And then after this, he went on to do The Formula, Neighbors, A Night in Heaven, Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, Lean On Me. He did. He came back for Rocky Five, and then his last bigger film was Eight Seconds. Joe and Save the Tiger are considered 70s classics. I knew those were bigger films, but I don't know anything about them. Yeah, he's clearly known for character dramas. Yes. That's what his bread and butter is. Mm -hmm. He clearly does movies that are centered, that are focused on characters in whatever type of real situations. Hmm. 
kind of kitchen sink drama type things. And this is kind of that. I think there was something very voyeuristic about this movie. Yes, definitely. Which I loved. It's different than any other boxing movie. I'll give it that credit. It felt almost like we were spying without that being the intention. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. It was, it was very naturalistic. I guess what then throws me off is that because the writing doesn't always feel real, Mm -hmm. that there's something weird about all this naturalism. And then we get into these weird stream of consciousness, flight of fancy dialogue moments. While the stream of consciousness stuff is a little off-putting, if that's what's on the page, that's pretty amazing. I really think this is a movie that if I if I give it some time to breathe mm-hmm. and then I come back to it and watch it again, knowing what's in it now. What it is. I think I might appreciate it a lot more. That's possible. But at the moment, I felt thrown off <laughs> because I expected a much more normal road sports boxing movie Mm -hmm. that's what i felt like i'd been primed for yeah in so many ways we're used to and i wasn't ready for that gritty slice of life stuff Mm -hmm. that amount of drama in it all right so the projection the two producers erwin winkler and robert chardoff when they became interested in this script they offered stallone three hundred fifty thousand dollars, but he said no if he couldn't star in it and at the time, he had a hundred bucks to his name. <laughs> he was actually trying to sell his dog. He actually sold his dog because he couldn't afford to take care of it. Yeah, I remember some of the hearing about some of this stuff. Yeah, I know that this was a total and complete labor of love for him. Yes, they eventually they agreed, but part of the agreement was that Stallone would have to work as the writer, but he would not be paid as the writer, and he would have to work as an actor for scale. So no. I, because this the studio wanted an established star. That's fair. Actually, they specifically wanted Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, or James Caan. Burt um, or James would have been great. They uh, really would have. Yeah. So when United Artists found out that was the condition of getting the rights, they slashed the budget down to $900,000. Yeah. And I, like I said previously, that it ended up being $1.1 million. That point one came from Chardoff and Winkler mortgaging their houses so they could complete the project good night and our director Alvidson, he cut his fee to fifty thousand dollars for a percentage point because they all just believed in they, this they were just like much. we want to get this done like this is this is going to make money actually scorsese's film new york new york was almost bankrupting united artists that they wanted this film because they knew it would at least make money oh yeah new york new york's a legendary flop oh yeah so I have not seen that one, but so this was this was them. They're like, even if it makes ten million dollars, we're we've won. We need something. We need in something the bank. exactly. Well, just to elaborate on that idea, one of the things about this movie, you know, we'll get. I know we're gonna get into the awards, but knowing one of the things that's super amazing, and of course, is the most iconic thing from this film is him on the steps. Right. That's the Philadelphia Art Museum, which those are officially known as the Rocky Steps. Oh, yeah. They've got a statue to him up there. This was the third film to use a Steadicam. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, the Steadicam was invented by Garrett Brown, who is our cinematographer. He's from Philadelphia. In order to shoot test footage to sell this camera, because it was not going to be cheap, he and I believe it was his wife ran up and down those steps. 
Ah. And it was that footage that got them the money to make the make all the stuff. And John Alvidson saw that footage, knowing full well we have to do that in our film. So it's kind of funny that, that to be like, "Hey, I did this just to like sell my thing, and now I'm actually doing the exact same thing in the movie." And it is the most iconic thing of the film. It is the best shot of the film. It's beautiful, actually. Both times he runs up were shot on the same day, just two hours apart. <laughs> uh, once before the sun came up, and once after it was yeah. up. Which, no, is, makes sense. which is funny and makes sense. All of the filming of him running on the streets is guerrilla style. They did not have permits. They cannot afford it. No, of course not. That's just them setting up camera. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, kind of weird, too, because you can see it's almost like you can see Stallone getting more and more jacked throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. You can see at this point, eh, he seems kind of a little softer. It's like, whoa, he's kind of hard. And it's like you almost see him getting more and more beefy mm-hmm. and in shape as the movie progresses. It's weird. <laughs> it might just be how it's shot, but it is interesting. And the Steadicam was used for the rounds we see. So yeah, we, that makes a lot of we sense. We see rounds 1, 2, 14, and 15. They're sh- they were shot in their entirety twice. Once with Garrett Brown in the ring with the Steadicam and once outside. Makes sense. Get the coverage great. and then do it. They had to spend a lot of time figuring out how to do the the fights. Of course. At one point, Alvinson, Stallone, and Weathers were trying to block out the moves. They are trying to block it out, like fight choreography, but it wasn't working. So finally, Stallone had to leave and literally write out everything punch by punch. Every single action they had to do. It came out, it was 32 pages of Jesus. fight. And... Stallone and Weathers rehearsed for over 35 hours and it was like it was like a dance that's that they had to do to get and it I have to say they pulled it off it is amazing we compare it to Raging Bull mm-hmm. Raging Bull has amazing boxing scenes yeah the best it does, I've it, ever it, seen it really does this, and the black and white serves it so well it, and it's it's just a different thing yes. it, it was also choreographed yeah, as a dance as a mm-hmm. ballet filmed in a very specific style correct this is just as beautiful using entirely different techniques. It's just in a different way. And, and there's no way they would have done that if Rocky hadn't done this. Oh, not even a bit. Uh, the no. difference being that, you know... Scorsese has a more artistic eye. N- no, it was that Scorsese wanted to be inside the ring. All of his fight, all of his fight choreography thing. wanted to be inside yeah. as opposed to Rocky, which most of what we see is from a viewer's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way they shot it, it's interesting, though, because normally you would just see big, wide shot of round, and it was no, it's like you're down in front by yeah. the ring. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting perspective on the fight. Also, lots of hard cuts to get that edit to look good. <laughs> yeah. That was the other good technique that, they used there. But hard, hard cuts and in a boxing match, that makes sense. A little bit. Now we're going to go into our actors. We're going to talk about Sylvester Stallone. All of his writing credits are also his acting credits, so yay. Notable exceptions are that He's most recently been in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I believe he'll be in 3. And I I, I feel like there's a rumor that he's going to show up in Avengers 4. <sighs> but it just is like a little nugget. Maybe. He, which is fine. Oh, he was in Judge Dredd. I mean, yeah, he's been in a sh- if, yeah, demolition if, man. Yeah, if he wrote it, he's in it. Plus. Plus. <laughs> a bunch of other action movies. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's doing fine. His first credit was in 1969. He was on the square root. So what do we think about Sylvester Stallone? He is mumbly as ever. 
Yes, he has a droopy mouth, and that is the result of an accident that occurred at birth. Uh, Uh, The doctors used forceps, and it severed a nerve in his cheek. Mm. So that's why he talks that way. I just look at him, and he's it's young Stallone, so most of the time I'm used to seeing older Stallone. And for one thing, I think, yeah, he's, he's attractive, but then he starts talking, and that's a problem. And then I think about Milo Ventimiglia, who could be his son. <laughs> Only way hotter. So, yeah. <sighs> and they make that joke on Gilmore Girls. It's like, let me guess, this is a guy who could do a really convincing Adrian. <laughs> and they're referring to Jess. <laughs> I love it. I don't know how to feel about him. It's really hard to divine his character based mm-hmm. on the way it's written. They're so linked. It's kind of hard to know how much of this is him performing. I can say that I know how much of it is him performing simply because seeing First Blood, I know that he can act based on seeing stuff of his. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very clear he can. And he'd already been acting and training. I do think he's performing because I don't think he's actually this way. I think he's much more quiet Mm -hmm. and reserved than Rocky is because Rocky, for all of his holding back his emotions and feelings... He's very outgoing. Like, at no point does he feel like a person. He talks to every freaking person on the street. Hey, yeah. Rocky, hey! But he's never going to tell them how he feels about anything. Um, unless well, he's pushed. I don't know about that. He's just so stream of consciousness. Like, I do love him walking the girl home, the neighborhood girl, and he's, like, trying to give her advice, and he's being, like, the neighborhood bouncer, (laughs) like, protective guy, and basically just telling her, if you keep talking like you're a whore, people are going to assume you're a whore, and then you're going to kind of turn into one, which is... It's a terrible message. It's a terrible message, but at the same time, it's like, he's got a point, and he's trying to look out for her. It's one of these, every time he talks, I feel like, oh, Rocky, why are you saying this to this person? But you know... That in his heart, it's, he's trying to do something good. It's from a benevolent place. And then every time he's talking to Adrian, like, she is so extroverted. He's just talking because, to fill the noise. Yeah. Because there's two, he, he's not comfortable with the silence. And then I love that he loves animals. It's kind of precious. A little weird, but precious. And I just get this sense that this guy is alone all the time. Like, he, he is. He is alone. He has no one to actually talk to. Well, you know, that's why that scene between him and Mickey at his apartment mm-hmm. plays so fucking well. Because Rocky will gives him the cold shoulder the entire time. And then mm-hmm. when he leaves, mm-hmm. he is so pissed. He's yeah. like, I've been training with you for nearly 10 years. And this is the first time you've deigned to come talk to me. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted was your advice. All I ever wanted was your help to be a fighter and you wouldn't give me the time of day. Hmm. It's the time where we really see him like fully bust out and see his actual feelings about things. It's a really good scene. It is a good scene. Especially then he gets all that out of his system and then goes runs down the street to say, yeah, be my manager. Hmm. Because that's who Rocky would be. Yeah. The guy who needs to blow, he needs to vent everything and then come back and be like, okay, fine, let's do this. Mm. As the movie progresses, it is one of those movies that just charms you eventually into liking it. It does. It beats you down after a while to where you're kind of like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's not as great as everyone talks about it, but it is good. There are things that are just really, huh, like that you can see these nuggets that are just like, Mm-hmm. I think that's a cultural thing. B. I think it's a 1976 thing, and I think 
audiences were really hungry mm-hmm. for a lovable character. They, and, they, I mean, I think Salome pulled that off. They wanted a hero who wasn't an anti-hero in any way. And Rocky's not. He's a little bumbling. He's bumbling, but there's also something very playful and innocent about him. His Like, the thing with his finger. Like, the broken thing. Oh, no, button still works. That's actually an injury that Stallone has. So his finger <laughs> does actually do that. And he also messed up his knuckles. He flattened them all out from punching the frozen meat. So to this day, his knuckles are completely flat from all of that. Lord. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he hurt himself a bit. Talia Shire as Adrian. I love her. I was surprised by how much I love her. I have not seen her in anything that I'm, well, that's not true. But I did not register who she was. I knew who Talia Shire is, but not, I couldn't put a face to the name. Yeah, you've only seen The Godfather once, and it's been a while since you've seen it. So. Yeah, she is Francis Ford Coppola's younger sister. Uh-huh. She is married to, ah, oh, damn it, now I forgot his first name. But composer dude Shire, that's where her last name is from. And she is the mother of Jason Schwartzman and Robert Schwartzman. So before this, she was in The Godfather, the outside man, rich man, poor man on TV. And she really just wanted to step out of her brother's shadow, which is fair because that shadow ain't small. So after this, of course, she she's in Rocky 1 through 5, spoiler alerts. Uh, she was in The Godfather 2. She was in I Heart Huckabees. And she was on the most recent season of Grace and Frankie. Wow. So, like, I love Grace and Frankie. I've talked about it endlessly on this show she plays frankie's older sister teddy nice and i'm like fuck yeah that's her she's just been acting this whole time but she's just kept it chill well and i know she especially jason has talked about that she really stepped away from she it did. She to took, be a mom to be to be mom um she, yeah she's got three boys jason schwartzman who's like wes anderson's other brother he's super famous and then robert schwartzman who has done a lot but you only remember him as the love interest in A Princess Diaries. She anchors this movie in she, like 8 million wonderful. ways. She's wonderful. And I love how much she changes. Yes. Because when we first see her, she's got these huge glasses on and she's wearing this hat and her hair is just kind of all messy. But she, I mean, she's beautiful and like he she's takes. twitchy, mousy, quiet. She's just like, why would any, like she really is, why would this guy want anything to do with me? Like he's just doing my brother a favor. Like this, no. like And this, he's the most popular guy in the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, he's a, he knows everybody's business and he's, he's a, he's muscle. I know. Lone shark. But he has he has a reputation for being known in the area. Yes. So why would he ever want anything to do with me? Exactly. And so I just like how we just throughout the movie we just see her like chill out more and and become like more. And then I love how she's kind of like, come on. He's like, we can't we can't do that while I'm training. And she's like, really? And I just like at such a one eighty. But I I like it at the same time. <laughs> She, in so many ways, makes that relationship believable yeah. because he's all flighty. Yeah. And if she was all flighty, we'd mm-hmm. just be laughing at the movie the whole time. But and, she grounds it so firmly that well, it just makes it great. And I love what he says. He's She's good at some things and I'm good at other things. And together we make like a whole. Like, oh, That's a perfect line. That's so sweet and very self-aware. Like, to just acknowledge, I'm not good at some things, but she is, and I'm better at things than she is, so together, it works. Well, you want to think that the ending feels a bit abrupt, but But honestly, it's it's not, not because that's the whole point. The whole point is, okay, I did it. I proved it to myself. 
now I just want Adrian. <laughs> That's well, all I want. I don't care about the photographers, the press, anybody. I don't I don't care. I just want Adrian. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. That that is the best part of the movie for me is their relationship. Oh, they're precious. I love it. Like when they go to the ice rink. Like that's just so cute. And it's like baller, <laughs> like poor baller, but still baller at but, the same time. But also the fact that he is rushing to get his best efforts in. Yeah. Because the guy is counting like, down. I know this isn't going to work. As loud as he possibly can. Seven minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. That was actually supposed to be a scene with tons of extras, but they couldn't afford the extras. <laughs> so they just so played they just, it that way. They just did it that way. So and, smart. And people have thought said it's one of the best scenes in the entire film. Uh, next, we have Burt Young as Polly. Before this, he did like every TV show known to man. He has done every TV show known to man recently. He's still working. He's in, he's in a ton of shorts. He's got a ton of movies right now, like in the middle of production, post-production, pre-production. Like he's, he is a character working man. Polly's a weird character. I don't like him in this movie. Okay. It's understandable that you don't like him. I mean, his character's not likable. His character's not likable, but it's just that it's, he's so uneven and some of that's writing. I think we needed more context for Polly. I, I think, I think my biggest problem with him is the character and how he's written. And then the way Burt Young plays him is just kind of like, Ugh. See, on the other hand, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. it. It took a little while to grow on me. And I think I would like it even more going, if I saw it again. Mm-hmm. what's interesting about what he's doing with that character, again, if we want to compare, we look at Joe Pesci and Raging Bull. Now, Joe Pesci is supposed to be, you know, he's always the put together, the clean brother, the I'm not getting involved in your bullshit stuff. Yeah. And that's always the stereotype we see played, right? Now we have, I don't want to say this in the negative context, but we have a very simple lead character, right? There's not that much complicating Rocky's life. Correct. As as a human. No. He's a very basic character, and his sidekick, mm-hmm. we would normally think would be the competent kind of, yeah, you know, Rock, and, and giving him like, advice and stuff. Like, come work at me at the meat factory. Instead, and... he is a sad sack who's in a dead-end job, Yeah, and he has no concept of how he can get out of this. Yeah, he, he gets really angry that Rocky doesn't introduce him to his mob boss because that's what he wants to do. He has to get out of the cold. Now there is a line in the f- in the script that was pulled that does give him some more context. Polly says that part of the reason why he wants to get out of the freezer so bad is that the cold hurts his joints. Yeah. So he's like in physical pain being there every day. But even so, it's it's a unique character position for your sidekick to be even worse off than your kind of lowly lead character. There's something unique and interesting about it. I mean, the scene where he goes full nuts and starts mm-hmm. throwing things leads to him eventually just weeping. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, beginning to actually take it out and hitting somebody and then them having to resolve that, it just turns into him depressed. Yeah. And that is not something common in most movies period let alone sports movies so i don't know that like i say i don't know that it's good i don't know that he's written he's not written well at all but there's something very interesting about his character yeah that makes him interesting to watch well he's not supportive of rocky 
And he's really a drain on him. He's he's really just his Rocky's conduit to Adrian. He's almost the representation of the neighborhood, of what's what held Rocky back from being that big fighter. We don't get enough of him for that to make sense. Yeah. Let's talk about Carl Weathers. <laughs> I can't. Okay, this is just bizarre, because my only context for Carl Weathers is Happy Gilmore. Arrested Development. Yeah. I always looked at Carl Weathers as like, oh, he's like a failed actor who's now making money off of making fun of himself being a failed actor. Which is not true. Ex- exactly. Like, the, I've I've never looked at his IMDb page until now. Yeah. He is... It's... He is it's, a hell of an actor. I mean, he's, like Burt Young, has been on everything in TV. He's done the Rocky films. He was in The Heat of the Night, uh, Happy Gilmore, of course, in 96. Uh, he was on Brothers television show, Arrested Development, and then he's just just done more TV nonstop. Like, the dude is just constantly working. Yeah, no, he's a great actor. He's he's done wonderful work. And it, for me, that just gives so much more context to him being ridiculous in Arrested Development. Of course. Playing himself. That's, that's the bit is... I get that. During his audition, he was sparring with Sylvester Stallone, and he accidentally punched him in the chin, and Stallone was like, calm down, it's only an audition. And Weathers was like, hey, you know, if he was allowed to audition with a real actor, not the stand-in, he'd do much better. <laughs> and Albertson was like, Stallone is the real actor. He's also the writer. Weathers just kind of was like, okay, well... Maybe he'll get better. <laughs> Stallone was like, that's my dude. That's Apollo Creed. Yep. Offered him the role immediately. Nice. I love it. I, I mean, there's no walking that kind of statement back. So you just got to, like, I respect the, like, I'm just going to lean into it, man. You need to get better. It's a cocky asshole thing to do to not try to have some awareness of who's in the room. And, of course, nobody knew who Stallone was. N- no. But I think it was an honest mistake that true. the either just then went, Fine, fuck it. <laughs> you gotta get better, dude. <laughs> like, and that's not unwarranted. It's not, but it's also a dick move. <laughs> and I kind of love it. The whole conjecture of him is stupid. Like, his character. It's it's incredibly poorly written. That's his problem. I think he's doing a fine job. He's, no, but he's fine. His character's horrible. Yes. Um, the I, premise of this movie is one of the stupidest things I've uh, ever heard. The premise isn't stupid. This, this lead-into... It was horrible. Well, I guess it's not that stupid because it's based off of an actual fight that happened. But Inspired by. <laughs> Whatever. It, it wasn't great. But Carl is just great with what he had. He's amazing in the fight. I look forward to seeing him in the future films that I know he's in. Last, but certainly not least, we have Burgess Meredith, who plays Mickey. Who doesn't have a ton of screen time, but he's important. Well, and he's also Burgess fucking Meredith. Yeah, you might know him. As George from Of Mice and Men. So I really liked that that comment you made. He was in Tom, Dick, and Harry. He was in tons of TV. He was on a lot of the Twilight Zones. He was on Rawhide. And he was the penguin in Batman. The TV show with Adam West. He was the penguin. He's a fucking screen legend. Oh, yeah. Like the real I mean, I don't know who he is. But when I looked at his eyes, I was like, oh, it's that dude. I know him. I know him as the penguin. Yeah. And Mickey's character is, is almost as iconic as Rocky. That role is an iconic role and just a boxing sports standard. It is, but his role mm-hmm. gets quoted nearly as much as Rocky does yeah, when people talk about this movie. 
Yeah. Not, yeah, that. That's that's the one. I always thought that was from Raging Bull, but it's from Rocky. Southpaws ought to be banned. <laughs> I mean, he's great. He shows up. He does good work. I believe him as a scrotchy jerk coach dude. But, a- but he's not a jerk for no reason. It's just like, no, I expected more out of you. It's a testament to his acting ability mm-hmm. in that he is playing a walking, talking stereotype. Mm-hmm. But you don't care. There is always a level of realism in it's a lot in his eyes. Mm-hmm. You can see deep in there. He's internalized this character to where outwardly it just looks like a stereotypical. I was a 40s boxer and I know how to manage. But in reality, there's a whole lot of pain in life that he's lived. Oh, and yeah. you feel it in how he talks he's about a seasoned it. old dude. Exactly. Yeah, no. He's and great. that's. That's what helps it rise above that to make it such a really good character role. Yeah, he went on to do Grumpy Grumpy Old Men and Grumpy Old Men in 1995. Those are his last big films before he passed away. Along with playing Mickey in the Rocky series. Yes, though his character does pass away, I know that. But he is seen consistently in archive footage or like just in pictures. So his yeah. character still exists, even though he himself is not. He's a huge presence in the franchise. Well, yeah, he rightly has. so. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that's our cast. I mean, there's a few other small people, but like nobody of note. It's not a big, like huge cast of any note. Yeah, it's Rocky, Adrian, and Apollo. That's 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 the meat. Yep. So let's play a little bit of Who Could Have Been Better. Who could have been better? We really need to get around to like recording that and making it like a thing. Because <laughs> it it's gonna get obnoxious. Okay, so for Polly, we have Bert Young, but. The person that Stallone originally wanted was Harvey Keitel. I don't like it. I love it. I don't like it mm-hmm. because Harvey Keitel would have done the less interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel would have over-internalized and played this sort of conventional role and gotten too animated with it. Like Harvey Keitel at his best, but always see, has an edge of danger to him. I think that's what you needed No, with that character because I don't think it's written very well. I think he would have added more nuance to it and played it more... Just, I think he would have been more interesting. I, I think he just would have been angry drunk, and that's not what I want out of that character. Mm. I want something far more nuanced. And what Burt Young does doesn't necessarily get there, but it's in the direction I want. So it's not that somebody wouldn't be better than Burt Young, but not Harvey Keitel. Hmm. I think Harvey Keitel would have played it wrong, and then it would have just felt icky. Okay, well, I would have much rather had Harvey Keitel over Burt Young. Harvey Keitel's got to prove to me that he can play a sad sack. So the role of Mickey. Okay, so we got Burgess Meredith. But it was originally offered to Lee Strasberg, but the production couldn't afford him. Now, we've seen Lee Strasberg before. Mm-hmm. Godfather Part Two. Yep. Hyman Roth. Yep. I, look, knowing all the stories about Lee Strasberg, mm-hmm. fuck that. He's an asshole and a terrible human being to work with, and he's mm-hmm. responsible for all the bullshit that we hear about actors doing. Mm-hmm. So He was Bart Young's mentor. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Lee Strasberg was almost half of Hollywood's mentor for the longest time, so that's not really saying too much. Other than just he as a human was kind of not easy to work with. Mm-hmm. I think Burgess Meredith is so much better. I think having somebody like Strausberg, mm-hmm. again, playing that super realistic, very mm-hmm. intense presence, wouldn't work as well as old-time Hollywood presentational guy 
who then internalizes that, yeah, it plays so much better. There's well, something far more charming and relatable about the way Burgess Meredith does it than well, somebody who would method it so much. Well, Burgess Meredith got the role because all the other people that they considered refused to audition. They were insulted by the fact that they had to audition for the role. Burgess Meredith auditioned. All right. I'm sorry. You should never think you're too good to not have to audition. I understand not wanting to have to audition for like a commercial. Well, to be a spokesperson for something. I get not wanting to do that. But not having to audition for what is an incredibly low budget and we have no expectations for it movie when you are quite possibly a screen legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get why that's insulting to a lot of people, especially no. in, a, in a town full of very huge egos. I, I understand why it happens. I'm saying it's ridiculous. You're never too good to have to audition. There's nobody... There's, I cannot name a single actor who should, well, there's not a, where there's not a single role they would have to audition for. There's no actor that good. That's good. Keep me up at night. I know. Glad. Okay. Well, get back to me when you figure it out. Anyway. For Adrian, they originally offered the role of Adrian to Carrie Snodgrass. I think that's how you say her name. I don't know. Um, But she did drop out because they were disagreeing about money. Eh, well, that happens. Yep. Then they considered Susan Sarandon, but they figured she was a little too obviously attractive. At the time, she was trending into starlet territory a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Then they also considered Cher. Okay, I'm not going to knock Cher. No. Cher's got chops. Have you seen Moonstruck? I've never seen Moonstruck. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god, I'm so excited about when that happens. Okay, thank you. Sorry, a moment. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. The problem I have is I don't I don't know that Cher Cher's got such a presence yeah. she would have just outshone anything. She would he did. not have been good in this role. I would love to see her and Stallone against each other though. That's the pairing I want though. Not in this film, but in life. I want to see them. It never would have worked. The chemistry that Stallone and Talia Shire managed to come up with is just so perfect. Yeah, it's no, lightning it's, in a bottle. I don't great. know that you could get it back. No. Last but not least, for Apollo Creed, they considered real-life boxer Kenny Norton. But he was 230 pounds, and he would dwarf Stallone. Yeah. He was too big and too too far in a different weight class. They needed somebody who could yeah. re- realistically match up against mm-hmm. him. So. Yeah. It would have been interesting to get an actual boxer in there, but it, it, and it really would have played with that realism angle, that mm-hmm. voyeurism angle, to have a known quantity. All right, let's get into trivia. There's a decent amount. Obviously, the dog butt kiss is Stallone's actual dog. No, the dog he sold and then bought back for this movie. So cute. So Buck kisses his dog. Rocky's nickname, the Italian Stallion, or Italian Stallion, is actually a reference to St- Sylvester Stallone. The Italian word for stallion is Stallone. Hey. Or it's probably more Stallone. There you go. So that's kind of funny, and I enjoy that because I never knew that. Okay, so in the film, you've got the poster, and Rocky's wearing red shorts with a white stripe, and then he actually is wearing white shorts with a red stripe. And this was a mistake. The props department screwed up, but they could not afford to redo the poster, so they just decided, okay, let's have the actor point it out. So that's what Stallone did. He's like, that's how we're going to fix this. Same thing with the robe being too big. They they delivered a robe that was too big, and they could not afford to replace it, so they just decided, okay, we're going to mention it. We're just going to call it out. If you had never said it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because it makes so much fucking sense Absolutely. for that Absolutely. Like, this guy's broke. 
This guy's broke. He barely has a manager. So, of course, this is the type of shit for his first giant fight is going to be fucked up. His robe's going to be too big. His shorts are the wrong color. That's just wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the poster's printed wrong, and it's just perfect. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I'm going to be wearing this stuff. And the guy goes, who cares? Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's the perfect write-off. Oh, I love and it. And it plays even just... better into his character. Yeah, because it's also just like, that's what you would do in real life. Like, what are you going to do? Well, it, it, if he were like a real-time boxer, it would be something. He could demand more, but yeah. No, but he it, is, it plays perfectly. He is a nobody. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone quit smoking cigarettes while making this film because he was getting out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> you believe that? I can... I can see that happening. The scene where Polly walks home drunk, an actual drunk wandered onto location and told Young that he was not convincingly drunk. <laughs> so they asked him to demonstrate, and then Bert Young copied him for the scene. <laughs> this is the funniest shit ever. You know what? He yeah. pulled it off because he looked fucking drunk. It's great. I love it. The single most expensive cost in the film? Makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, mm-hmm. especially with, again, another iconic line. You gotta cut me, Mick. Yeah, ugh. I didn't even realize what was happening. It's hard, but... It's, but... it's, he, it's that he's so swollen he can't see, so they cut to get the pus out. Yeah, that, so, okay. it, it's normal. Yeah. Well, it's it's blood. Okay, they, it's, they, it's pooled. The, the blood pools up and bruises over the eye, and you can't see. Because they're so So they've got to cut it and bleed it so yeah. that everything will okay. open back up. I had never seen that before, so I was kind of like, ew, but I'm a big fan of Dr. Pimple Popper, so it was that gross. Yeah, no, that's a that's a normal thing in boxing, that you just, you gotta, you gotta slice it open so you can get the eye back open. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers suffered injuries during shooting of the final fight. Nuh-uh. Stallone suffered bruised ribs, and Weathers suffered a damaged nose, which is the opposite of what their characters had. <laughs> that's obnoxious. I would be so pissed. That's... I would be so annoyed <laughs> from like a filming and makeup perspective. I would just be like, well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, good times. When they were shooting the famous jog through the streets, Stallone pulled a tendon in his leg and had to be taken to the hospital in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those. We have no budget. Grab the first thing that rolls. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. The boxing gloves they use in the championship, are those are called Casanovas, but they are illegal in the U.S. The producers chose them because of their appearance. Rocky's explanation of the term Southpaw is inaccurate, but it does include an element of the truth. According to the New Dixon's Baseball Dictionary, the term was coined in the 1800s to describe left-handed pitchers who, facing west in most ballparks, had their left arm hanging to the south side of the ballpark, and the term then was applied to other other sports. There you go. So that's that's what that actually means. It's a hell of a story and worth it. Because the budget was so low for the film, Carl Weathers and Burgess Meredith had to share a dressing room. <laughs> I want to be in that dressing room. I know. That, that would have been great. Those stories would have been incredible. Okay, so we touched on this a little bit, but the original ending for the film would have had Rocky and Apollo's fans carrying them out of the ring after Apollo's narrow victory, and then Rocky goes backstage looking for Adrian, finds her behind a curtain, and they walk off hand in hand to the dressing room. And that's the image that is used on the poster. Oh, okay. Sylvester Stallone thought this was unsatisfying. He's like, nope. It's not good. So they did reshoots and they did the what they do now with him yelling for her. And so that's it. That's all I got. So how many Adrians are we giving this? 
I think it has to be Adrian's. Because <laughs> that's just so iconic, and we know she's in all the movies. So I'm going to go three. Okay. The more we talk about it, initially we we walked away feeling, you know, this is a movie where all the elements are really good, but something doesn't just make it all fit together. Like all David O. Russell films. But as we as we kind of got into it more and more, I was like, no, there's, there's more elements working together than not. Mm-hmm. I want to give it a three, and then I would love to, at some point, just in my own time, revisit this movie and give it a second watch, being prepared for what it really is. Okay. Which is way more of a slice of life, part romance, and then just a touch of the boxing to get you that action. Mm-hmm. But just really this sort of human character story, and being prepared for that a little more, see if I really appreciate some of the nuance that's there. I'm going to go 3.5. Okay. Last night, I probably would have said 2.5 because we watched it last night. But going through the trivia and thinking about the film, the things that I find charming, I find so charming. And there are really good performances. It's not a perfect movie, but there is so much I like about it. What I find charming, I find so charming. And there's just... It is it is kind of uplifting. Like, I was just like, hmm, it's a good movie. Like, there's problem. Like, I just liked it. I do. I just liked it. And I would watch it again. And I am excited to see what happens. I, I want to know about the next chapter. It is a long, long burn. It is a slow movie. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while before you finally really engage with the characters. Yeah. So I think that's what tempers it for me a little bit. But like I say, that's why I'm like, I want to come back to this movie at some point. Because mm-hmm. I think I'll really appreciate it more. And I think that's one of the great things about it is it's not a perfect movie, and I think that's what helps it make it good. Okay, well, you know what we completely forgot to talk about before we did our ratings? What? Oscars! Oh, that's right. Okay. This um, won an Oscar. It won a very important Oscar. It won a couple Oscars, actually. So, let's start off with actor in a leading role. Sylvester Stallone. Uh Uh-huh. Up against our winner, Peter Finch, for Network. This is that year. Fuck. William Holden for Network and Robert De Niro for Taxi Driver. Fuck. And Giancarlo Giannini for Seven Beauties. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. We forget. I forgot this year. We've talked about those two of those movies. Oh, just wait. I know. It gets worse. I remember because we've talked about how ridiculous it is. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted. That's why we wanted to do this. Uh huh. (laughs) And there's a new Creed movie this year. We're so dumb. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Stallone clearly didn't win. No. But that's, he didn't deserve to. Peter Finch won. And I remember us having this discussion and I think we landed on, we, we, didn't we just give the edge to Peter Finch? Like just barely. barely. It was, it was so tight. Cause De Niro's so fucking good in Taxi Driver. No, but, but it, yeah. but Peter Finch. Now I'm going to have to go listen to our episode again. Yeah, but Peter Finch is the shining moment in Network. No, I, 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 it's fine. Okay. All right. Supporting role, Burt Young is nominated. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And Burgess Meredith is nominated. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Ned Beatty is nominated for his five-minute scene Scene in in Network. Network. And he's so fucking good. Laurence Olivier for Marathon Man. Yeah. And Jason Robards wins... For all the president's men. He's the editor of the post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the president's men. Okay. He's Ben Bradley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That makes sense. That plays. So, (laughs) 
Talia Shire mm-hmm. is nominated for actress in a leading role. Okay. She's also up against Sissy Spacek for Carrie. Yeah. Marie Christine Baralt for Cousin Cousine. Liv Ullman for Face to Face. Okay. Which I believe is a Bergman film. And the winner that year was Faye Dunaway for Network. Network. Directing. Nominated were Alan J. Pacula for All the President's Men. Okay. Ingmar Bergman, Face to Face. Okay. Sidney Lumet for Network. Network. And Lena Vertmuller for Seven Beauties. Mm-hmm. Scorsese doesn't get a fucking nod. I know. Which is infuriating I for know. that movie. I know. But the winner is John, John G. Avildsen for, for Rocky. Rocky. Yep. So one directing. How do we feel about that? If Scorsese's in this, no fucking way. It's Scorsese. That's hands down. I do love all the president's men, but the directing isn't what makes that movie great. No. And we definitely talked about the network networks not good because of its directing. Its directing is horrible. And then it's I actually just... the worst part of that whole film. So I'm okay with this. Yay, Rocky. Rocky wins film editing mm-hmm. ahead of Network, Bound for Glory, All the President's Men, and Two Minute Warning. Okay. It's kind of a wash, but with those fight sequences, I think that's pretty pretty easy. Rocky did not get nominated for score. Which is a little shocking to me. Mm. But it was nominated for Gonna Fly Now. For Best Song. For Best Song. Yeah. Of course, Evergreen by Barbara Streisand and Paul Williams wins For A Star Is Born. Mm -hmm. Because that came out this year too. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Also, so did The Omen. 1976 was a big fucking year. big fucking deal. Rocky got nominated for Song and it lost to All the President's Men. Okay. Rocky got nominated for Sound mm-hmm. and lost to All the President's Men. Okay. It was nominated for Original Screenplay. Network wins. Patty Chayefsky. That script is yeah, yeah, fucking I, great. I agree. I, that's fair. And then the big one. The best picture. The controversy continues because Rocky won Best Picture. This is the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture. Okay. It's now at two with Million Dollar Baby. Both boxing movies. Yeah, both boxing movies, both sports films. And it it beats mm-hmm. all the president's men. Yeah, Bound for Glory, the Woody Guthrie story, directed by Hal Ashby, who I love, and Harold the first film to use the Steadicam. Network. Yep. And Taxi Driver. <sighs> okay, so in this, okay, I've not seen all the president's men. Okay, okay, you can eye roll me all you want. I have way more eye rolls for you, but this is really against Rocky or Taxi Driver. Well, it, it's 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 Rocky or Taxi Driver. Okay, I'm gonna say it. All the President's Men is a better movie than Rocky. It's between All the President's Men and Taxi Driver. If I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Okay, well, I haven't seen those. But for you, for me, it's Rocky or Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is objectively better. Again, I understand why this movie was successful. Yes, I do. I understand all of its nominations. Because looking at this list of movies, yes, it's. Drama about Watergate, mm-hmm. which is depressing. Yeah. Drama about Woody Guthrie, which is moody. Yep. Network, which is incredibly cynical and sarcastic. And terrifying. And Taxi Driver, which, which is, is depressing as fuck. Uh, and scary. Beyond depressing, depraved. Fair. And then inspirational movie about a guy overcoming odds. Like audiences were desperate for this movie by 1976. Because most of Hollywood were these other four movies. Mm-hmm. But what's insane is this was also the pinnacle of those other movies. Like those are four of the so, I mean, best 70s movies ever. So it's one of these things where 
I it's think a mood. I it's think, the same thing that happened this last year with The Shape of Water winning, and it shouldn't have for Best Picture. Agreed. Taxi Driver should be the Best Picture that year. I yeah. mean, it is. And this year, it should have been Get Out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a welcome. Thank you for coming to my TED Talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Oscars, I mean, I, I, can, I can believe that, but I'm, I, I mean, I'm fine with it. Well, uh, it deserved Oscars, its nomination, and having not seen All the President's Men being the real thing that it was its competition i really can't speak to it anymore than i do agree that taxi driver is a better film but i can't be mad that rocky won i would be mad if it had one screenwriting because it's compared to the other ones i know it's garbage it wins on the strength of how popular and what a phenomenon it was mm-hmm. alongside it being a very good movie mm-hmm. but i think this was a an academy catching a zeitgeist and also just a public craving a feel-good story. Yeah. Just wanting something to be happy about because life was really bad in 1976 for most of America. Hey, 2018, welcome to the the fish sex movie. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I mean, which was, I I mean, we walked out of that movie going, I think I just saw the best movie of the year. I did say that after we watched that movie. Then we thought about it more and was like, "Eh, no, but it's that same feeling. Yeah. And I get it. So, I can't be mad about it. And I'm not mad at Guillermo, because Guillermo made a beautiful love story. I mean, it's a beautiful movie. So, this is the third movie in five years that Talia Shire was in that won Best Picture. Godfather, Godfather 2 in this? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard when you're in those two movies. True. Joe Spinell was also in all those movies. (laughs) (laughs) But one... Okay, this is actually really cool. As of 2015, and I think this still remains, Sylvester Stallone remains alongside... Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles as the only other person in film history to have been the sole writer of an original screenplay, to have starred in the leading role, and to have been nominated for an Oscar for both. So y'all can make whatever jokes you want about Sylvester Stallone. That dude is cemented in history. I have no bones with with him in any form or fashion. The, The thing about Stallone is he's usually not bad. He's just in really dumb roles. It's it's similar to Schwarzenegger. He lumped in with Schwarzenegger and Van Damme for being action stars. A little bit, but... But he has the chutzpah like, to go with it. There's substance in there. It's just in this very brawny package. Well, Van Damme came from kickboxing. Yes. Schwarzenegger came from, from bodybuilding. bodybuilding. Stallone came from acting school. Yeah, exactly. He is an actor... The first. ...who... This because of his, his because of the roles he wrote for himself mm-hmm. began to get pegged into yeah. muscle roles and then bought and then just went with it. Yeah. And had he decided to stick the course, uh-huh. he could have been a serious screenwriter and just been a guy who was an auteur. Well, he, he was, just didn't decide to do that. Yeah, and then he got he's been nominated twice for the same role. He got nominated for Creed. Yeah. Which we have not seen, but we will before the movie comes out. <laughs> he he is yeah legitimate he there is a reason he's a movie star mm-hmm. oh i and it's totally it's one it. of those what if he just went a different way yeah he'd be a totally different style of actor but he's not bad mm-hmm. he's just chosen to be an action movie star he, and sometimes he went on that this works. one path and it was never gonna go another direction and sometimes it works and really yeah. well and sometimes it is a total turd but he's making money hand over fist so who are we to judge well, that's what we're here for for judging that's what we're good at it's my super special skill judging all right so i guess we gotta go watch rocky 2 and y'all can hear that tomorrow
because we love you. And it's the week of Thanksgiving. So we're going to give you all Rocky all the time. Oh, what have we done to ourselves? <sighs> we're gluttons for punishment. We are. All right. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.